Welcome to the final episode, I believe, of the Buddha Pincha Cowboys podcast for the season. I am Fidel. I'm Roberto. And we are talking to you moments after the shit show that was a season finale. Roberto, so we also have a special guest. Do you want to make that introduction? Yeah, we have our second guest of this podcast, and it's Albert Perez from Twitter. I think he's probably like our number one fan. Albert, how are you, man? Uh, good. Uh what a game, huh? Yeah, man. I, I guess we should start there. How do you uh, How do you feel? I honestly was expecting it. I didn't expect it to be that much <laughs> of a shit show, but it just, you knew it was coming. Like, I, it's just been the ongoing thing. That's why I separated myself from this, because you knew it was coming. Like, you just knew. Before we continue, Albert, uh, can you give us a little bit of context about your relationship with the Cowboys? You know, just a sort of a quick overview as to what that has meant for you. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I grew up in Texas and El Paso. Texas in the 90s so obviously you know you become a super fan because you know your team's winning Super Bowls all the time so you know you get into it I kind of ignored it through the early 2000s because I was in college I was in bands and stuff like that so I wasn't really super into sports and then I moved to DFW uh, for college in uh, 2004, I went to Denton, Texas for UNT and, you know, super got into the team again. I just kind of got in right when Parcells was coming in and then, you know, Romo comes up. So obviously as Latinos, we were all kind of excited about that. And then the gut punches just kept coming. And I just, in the last four years, just because of me actually moving around, which made it a little bit harder to get to see the games. And then also just a lot of the things surrounding football, uh, football in general was just kind of upsetting me. So I just kind of separated myself and I just, and really ultimately it was just the hatred for Jerry Jones and the fact that these teams never get better because there's no real leadership. It's all just on Jerry. Man, it sounds like you've been, uh, you came to the right place. <laughs> yeah, we, we are here to deal with whatever past trauma you might have or the Cowboys. It seems, it seems from our conversations on Twitter that you know you definitely sort of had some healthy boundaries with the Cowboys and this season sort of kind of blurred those boundaries so for that we uh we apologize I, I do appreciate the way you guys have talked about it that's what kind of got me into it I also both like you guys as writers so it, it drew me in but I, I definitely am kind of like the the jerk outsider who's just kind of laughing at you guys like ha, 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 they're gonna do it again you know it's coming <laughs> And where I've already separated myself, where I'm like, I've, I've done enough where I'm not like invested. Like I've, I've probably watched half of the games this season. And really I watched them kind of half-assed just to be able to keep up with your conversation more than anything. So what do you feel right now? Did you, I guess I'm asking, did you laugh at us? Did you laughing at us get you close enough that you feel some type of way right now? You know, right there, it, it's really funny too. I uh, had to step away for a minute. And so I actually missed the controversial uh, no challenge, right. which I feel probably would have put me over the edge like that probably would have infuriated me but i missed it and then i just saw everybody on twitter discussing it and i was like oh what happened and then obviously when they're driving and you realize like oh they have to get the touchdown they could have had the the field goal and would have won but they had to get the touchdown and they're increasingly putting dalton whose hands clearly messed up in like a precarious situation and then of course the interception happens and then just the comedy of the nfc east and football officiating that resulted with that weird butt fumble situation <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing, right? So, like, what you just outlined, I think, to me, kind of perfectly encapsulates what being a Cowboys fan is. Like you, I expect things to go bad, you know? And I think a lot of it is sort of a defense mechanism to sort of mentally prepare myself for the inevitable letdown. And yet they managed to find creative ways to get me sucker, like, to sucker me back in and then just hurt me, right? Because right. that non-call was so, like, I was infuriated. I was 
just livid because there's absolutely no reason to not have challenged that. And then just the level of ineptitude was just a reminder of how terrible and idiotic this team is. And then not only that, but after that, they get in a situation where they're they're dependent on Andy Dalton to get you a first down. You know, like that run, I was, it suckered me back in. I was like, oh my God, this team might actually win. And then the interception happens. And at that point, I'm like, I'm an idiot for believing that this could happen. Shame on me. I'm, I need to put things into perspective. And then that fumble happened. And it got my hopes up again for the review. And then they just gut punched me again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. like Lucy with a football. Yeah. Like you said, I, I, I mean, I want to say this was probably after the Steelers game, definitely after the Ravens game, I was pretty much just con- intent with just watching them play knowing they're going to lose but i mean they kept winning the the nfc is, is is a horrible horrible division so they were never out of it and fuck yeah just one of those things where I, once again it's a fumble and it's all of a sudden it's des caught the ball it's all of these little bullshit things that have happened to the cowboys the last 25 years that you it's like little it's like little it's like the it's like the greatest hits of your biggest letdowns right <laughs> That's what this game kind of felt like. Yeah, immediately the first thing I thought was Des Catch. And it's obviously that it doesn't carry the same weight because it's also like we spent, what, four hours watching two terrible teams. They are dog shit. These are bad fucking teams. So really the ultimate like win is that they just lost early because imagine having to watch this and then still waiting for that Washington game, which <laughs> Washington's is inevitably going to win. And that would have just been like, like just gutting out Dalton win or something only to like see Washington. I mean, apparently the, the Eagles aren't playing anybody. So just to see Washington take the win, like what a late gut. Play. And then you'd probably end up watching that terrible game too. And you'd just be pissed off that you saw that. All norms are out the window now. You know, nothing really matters anymore. It's all chaos, both in football and in real life. Gerald's glory hole. We didn't we didn't actually name it this last week, but we did come up with the concept that the NFC East is like the opposite of Occam's razor, where the most logical conclusion is a is the actual explanation of things. And the NFC East is the opposite, where the most convoluted, complicated result is what's gonna happen. Well, and then the storyline there too. Like I said, I, I joked with you on Twitter where you said the only two ways this goes is the Cowboys get the crap beat out of them, which they kind of did in a weird way, or they win and then they somehow win that playoff game against Tom Brady and then everyone just praises Mike McCarthy and he's around for 10 more years. Well, McCarthy won't be around for maybe another four years and then uh, what's his name's going to take over? The offensive coordinator. Kellen Moore. Kellen, Kellen Moore, Moore who just got signed savior. For, yeah. for whatever reason yesterday. He seems like he's just going to take over. Jerry loves those backup quarterbacks as coaches. It's just he his really does. Like it's I the, mean, that's what it's the same shit works. over and over. I, I, I love I mean, how they is... basically I, I guess he just maybe saw Varsity Blues and assume that you know backup quarterbacks were cerebral and therefore had the game figured out. I, it doesn't make any sense to me, but you're absolutely right. I think I think it's annoying now, but at the very least, you know we'll still get a decent pick in the draft. I don't know what, but I, you know, I don't think it's top ten. But you know we'll still be able to. It's some there's something to be salvaged from here. I think I think short term that's that's the right approach, but I think long term and maybe this is just being pessimistic. But this is the worst possible result that could have happened. Them winning three in a row, them falling out of top eight picks potentially them extending kellen moore they're not going to fire mike mccarthy even after this I, I don't think they were ever going to fire him right after all the all the deck injuries and all that but they're definitely not firing him after now after today and this is i mean few of i guess if you want to look at it best case scenario maybe donovan wilson you have finally a safety that hasn't been around since since roy williams but man the season the season's just fucking stupid yeah. Yeah. well you know at least
least it, well, at the very least, you know, we can leave this season behind in 2020, even though this team took place in 2021. We'll just chalk up the first week of this shitty ass, you know. That's actually been a pretty good year so far, but, you know, at least compared to, I mean, unless you're democracy, <laughs> in which case, that's sort of out the window. But yeah, it's, it's a bucket, man. We, we endured another season. I, I feel like that sort of resiliency of putting up with Cowboys bullshit in year now kind of trains you to sort of expect the unexpected and not be too surprised when life throws some garbage at you. That's my takeaway. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, one of the things that's slowly coming kind of obvious is how well Dal- Dalton played, uh, I mean, as a backup, but it seems like it just points out to how much, how little help they got Romo when he played. Uh, if they had a backup, good as Dalton has been, rather than Matt Castle and, and all of these other... Uh, John Kidna. John Kidna and then the fucking Brandon Weed and all these players who shouldn't have even been in the NFL, how they might have been able to actually do something with Romo's career. That, I think my whole, like I said, when I kind of fell off was right when... And I mean, Dak earned his position. Like, it was inarguable after he had gone, like, what, eight in a row or something like that, that he was going to be able to take over for Romo. But it really did. I was so frustrated that for years, Romo was saving their ass and they never built him a line. And finally, when they get the line, like, he starts breaking down. And I mean, that's just what happens. But I mean, on top of... And I, I like you guys, but... I my hatred to the Cowboys extends to the fans. I I think I've always oh, joked yeah. that no, I, hate, I think I, I think Cowboys all fans more than Cowboys fans are the fucking worst. <laughs> like for real, they are the fucking worst. Having lived in Austin for a long time too, it kind of reminds me of like UT fans where there's this sense, and I got, I don't know if it's like this weird Texas sense or this football fans are morons, <laughs> but there's this there's this, this petulance that they expect. Like I remember when we had Romo, you know, I would obviously stupidly argue with a bunch of fans how great he was and. Now he was the best. I mean, he was clearly better than Eli. I mean, despite the rings and people would be like, no, we need to get Peyton Manning. It's like, how do you think you're going to get Peyton Manning? Like there's this like belief that this team just deserves everything. It's like the same way people see UT. They can't have a coach for a couple years. And then they just, we need to be in the national title game. I'm like what? No, you've done nothing to earn this. You just believe that that's the Texas God-given right of football or something. I always draw the comparison between my hatred of Cowboys fans with my hatred of Radiohead fans. Uh, in insofar as two fan bases that are so obnoxious and so idiotic that I it almost makes me hate the thing that I love. And it's a, sort of a reminder that nothing lives in a vacuum. When I listen to Radiohead in my headphones, I'm like, wow, this is so great. But I hear someone like something happens on Twitter and it's just like a Disney all over them. It was like, come on, man. You know what I mean? And like the same with the Cowboys. I mean, it's, it's just on the other end of the, uh, you know, not to be a snob, but at the other end of sort of the IQ spectrum, right? Where it's uh, not that Radiohead is synonymous with high IQ because let's be real. It, Radiohead is also sort of like a gateway artist in the same way that Quentin Tarantino is, you know, like he's supposed to be someone whose work is great and is supposed to lead you to other great work as an entry point, but people just sort of stay there. Sorry, that was a different tangent. But my point being is that the fans just sort of ruin everything thing and I feel like it's it's always been a very solitary experience right to be a Cowboys fan at least in my mind because you sort of see things happen you get frustrated and people get mad over the wrong thing like like you mentioned Tony Romo Tony Romo was arguably the best quarterback that the Cowboys have ever had like statistically speaking that's that's a fact you know I'm not making that up you know that that is actually backed up by by the stat and yet people were just like shitting on him it's this cognitive dissonance that was really infuriating and now everyone constantly praises him like oh he's so smart he knows that he understands the game like yeah 
yeah, no shit. He was really fucking good. But I will say this, that I think what's been different this season over previous seasons, and I, like you, have been trying to actively, not actively, I've been trying to, quote unquote, distance myself from the team but i can't because i am who i am but the difference is that this season this podcast has been really helpful and like okay i'm not crazy like this stuff is dumb there are other people who see the same things that i see you know so i feel like that's sort of a silver lining in all of this yeah I've, 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 i mean i'm right there with both of you guys that that it's the fans definitely ruin this or make this a, a worse experience to the point that i mean i'm just going to repeat whatever you guys said but yeah it's it's definitely a uh definitely glad we have this podcast or at least some place to talk about this yeah it's just therapy it's therapeutic it really is <laughs> for the, you know I, I, for the failures I just, in your life <laughs> it really is it's it's funny i don't know i don't know if this is the case for you roberto or this has been the case for you albert listening but for me it's like an exercise in coming to terms with it being what it is yeah yeah that's that's, that's exactly what it is because like you said it's it's one of those things where there's very few i feel uh realistic cowboy fans right there's either no cowboy fans when they're when they're horrible or they're all of a sudden a huge bandwagon once they're actually decent and you're kind of like caught in between of just knowing what a fucked up team this is and 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 everything that's around it centering and revolving around jerry jones and then everything else right that 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 comes with that and and it goes it goes back to sort of a recurring theme right that we've been talking about is how say what you want about jerry jones but him calling the cowboys america's team is probably one of the smartest and most accurate things that he has ever done because it's kind of it really is true It's, it's basically this this organization that is living in the glory days or glory hole days and you know refuses to sort of acknowledge where they are now like you said albert it's this whole like we deserve paid man in his prime because we're the cowboys like why is that an unreasonable thing to ask this is this was just their 60th anniversary so i think a while ago i was doing the math on this and they won all of their super bowls in the first 35 years which is on average uh they'd win one every five years on average if, if i'm remembering the math right and for the last 25 years they've just been they've been exactly mediocre they've been a 500 team every once in a while they'll win 12 but yet every once in a while they'll lose 12 and the one thing that stands out about them the last 25 years is that they are the highest they are the most marketable team in all of sports this is a a symbol a microcosm a metaphor whatever you want to call it of of what the united states has been i i don't think this team will ever have a reckoning you know with itself in in a way that will make this improve i think i think my strategy with this team is to just wait until gary jones dies i think that's the one thing that's unsaid amongst certain cowboy fans right that that this can only be changed i mean potentially it could change for the worse i guess but this whatever's happening now can only change course once jerry jones is no longer the owner and that seems the only way that that's going to happen is for him to to die I'm, and i was actually going to ask this question like if you believe that'll change anything like at this point has steven just been around his father long enough that right. he's just going to do the same thing it, like with uh the raiders what's uh oh, and mark davis yeah i was you, yeah. You, you, i was i was about to make a joke about yeah of course look all we just have to do is wait for jerry to die and then things will be gravy and it because look it worked out so great for the raiders right. <laughs> yeah and i mean i'm i'm curious like if because at, at the same point you are i mean roberto brought up like just kind of the marketing aspect of jerry and you know jerry was the first one you know jerry world was you know a monument monumentous occasion for the league 
now everyone has a super fancy new stadium because you know he, he just sold it even though he didn't know where to put the windows so it doesn't give you glare <laughs> when you're playing yeah nobody could have used a compass or anything sure but it's curious to wonder like if yeah i mean obviously i don't he, i don't i was gonna say no i was gonna say he's a good guy but no he's probably a piece of shit but i don't want him I don't, to die no, or whatever. Probably. definitely a piece of shit come on <laughs> yeah i mean he's an oil man so <laughs> yeah exactly but and, uh, and actually that goes back to me like also losing like getting out of it just because it, it all kind of was just the politics of football in general is kind of gross all the concussion stuff and then just the Kaepernick thing and like a lot of my personal like political leanings just kind of gross me out to the sport and that and then you see Jerry Jones you know don't like donate so much money to the president and you're like how can I support this and that's that's kind of where I started breaking away even with like a great young star like Dak you know I was just kind of yeah just grossed out and yeah I wonder like does Steven just become his father we actually like because in my head I was like look I'm just gonna step away from this I'll we're, we're my wife and I are likely gonna have a kid in the next few years and you know maybe if I have a boy do we start watching Cowboys games like pretty heavily you know I, have, I do like football but yeah that's I, I guess it's just all in my head like oh once Jerry's gone it'll be over but it might just be the same shit <laughs> it be worse yeah because according to I mean I've read more than more than once that Jerry's actually given much more credit than what he's Jerry's involvement actually gets much more attention than what he's actually doing that it's actually Stephen Jones that maybe doesn't make all the decisions but there's enough of the decisions that he make that whatever's been happening doesn't just fall on Jerry if that's the case right and i think that's i mean that's that's what we're all hoping for but yeah i think there's there's probably a 50 50 chance that nothing changes because i mean how oh, yeah, no, how absolutely. how different of a philosophy can you be working with your father for i don't know how, how long has he owned the team 35 years now it, it seems that even it seems like whatever disagreement they would have had philosophically they would have they either would have it seems like they wouldn't have been able to work together for this long yeah, speaking of of teams with long storied histories that are overhyped how about that notre dame game game huh losing to at AT&T Stadium yeah I didn't watch it but it just always makes me laugh like how many Notre Dame fans are across Texas just because they're Mexican Catholics and they have absolutely no relation to actually going to that school yeah is that really it like I I have noticed that there's a lot of Notre Dame fans that are Mexican and I'm like bro like you don't even know where Indiana is well I was there was a point in my I don't know middle school when I was really into like every single sport that I had to watch and for I don't know a season or two I was into Notre Dame precisely because of that because uh, the priest where we went to school where we went to church would stay after church and talk to people and we always talked about football and he said Notre Dame's a good Catholic school and you know at that point I was like well I guess this is one of my ways to get into heaven to root for Notre Dame <laughs> and uh, and then it, yeah and then like like Albert says and like you say it just clicked on me I was like man why the fuck am I rooting for Notre Dame I don't know these guys I, I'm never gonna go there I've you know I'm, I'm gonna root for Utah so yeah, I mean, there's probably something to the fact that they were getting nationally televised games when we had five channels, you know, so it's kind of the same way that we all grew up around people that became Giants or Eagles fans just because they were like, well, I don't want to like the Cowboys, but they became those fans because inevitably you at least get to watch two of those games on national TV because they're going to play the Cowboys in Texas anyway. That's true. I guess I never and, and I guess it's one of those things right where I never really had to think about my fandom as a Cowboy, like as, as my fandom because I lived in Texas and everybody else was just like me. I, I've always been very like I, I got upset with my father for uh I'm not upset like I'm just kind of mildly annoyed and I was talking shit because my sister told me to get him a Dodgers championship shirt for Christmas that's what he wanted and then you know I talked to him on Christmas I was like oh do you like your shirt and I was like yeah I was like it's real convenient how you decided to be a Dodgers fan again after years of not watching any baseball just conveniently after they win a championship yeah but I mean they went with two Mexicans so you know it's all legit <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, Fair. as a Dodgers Fair. fan, I can't blame anyone for rooting the Dodgers, to be honest. But well, but no, it. my grandfather uh, was raised that uh, he was a Dodgers fan. But the funny thing is, my grandfather, I mean, till he died, anytime I spoke to him, he'd, you know, como están los doyes, and like he would find ways to just look at box scores and stuff. Cause, you know, he wasn't getting all those games. But my dad, that's just a whole other conversation. My dad's <laughs> the Cowboys are Let's the get only into it. This is therapy. This is therapy. So, you know, how did that make you feel? <laughs> No, I mean, I'm just annoyed because I'm, I've I lived in DFW and I, I basically adopted all the Dallas team. That just made sense to me. Right. I was a Cowboys fan. And then, you know, I adopted the, I, I grew up as a Bulls fan, like every little kid, but obviously I let that go because that Jordan just seemed cheap to me. <laughs> right. Well, and it also just cheap to just be like, I, I get it when a little kid does that, but it's, it's weird to me now that there's adults that are just like that have Miami, Cleveland, and now Lakers jerseys because they follow LeBron. Like, I, and I get it too. I get the whole, like, you know, we don't root for laundry or whatever but it is just still funny to me when people are just especially with college sports i don't know why it bugs me so much because i think it's like you can go to college you know you can go to a school i just happen to go to two schools that have shitty teams so i just don't care but you know it's just funny to me especially like in austin where everyone's a ut fan half of them don't go to the school and if anything they're being exploited in that city because of the fucking school yeah i never much got into i mean i'd watch it uh but i never really followed partly because utep sucks and up until two years ago smu's has been decent and, and I mean that that wasn't until later on in my life but yeah it was I think one of the things that annoyed me about college football fans is at least it used to be I mean this argument hasn't aged well at all but one of the arguments used to be that there, there was a sense of purity to the game because they were amateurs right that they were out there playing for the love of the game rather than than tainted by the million dollar contracts of the NFL or whatever but yeah I never I, I love how you bring that up moments after mentioning SMU <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and I mean truth be told if UTEP or UNT ever become powerhouses I will become an obnoxious college football fan <laughs> that is tied in but I, unfortunately, but the likelihood of that happening right either. It's, yeah so it's it's yeah, yeah they'll feel so. a good basketball team here and there <laughs> that's what i get for not going to ut when i had the chance yeah it could have been a uh you could have been uh double hurt this weekend with the cowboys and uh tom herman or maybe double excited i mean i don't know how i don't even know what the mindset of ut fans is to be honest i mean it's i mean it can't be good once once you go to sarkeesian it would seem like that that would be the coach you settled on rather than that being your first choice but i mean uh, who knows what what's going on with texas it was it was interesting because uh, i do follow a lot of texas fans and i nothing delights me more than texas being bad like that oh just the, the joy i get for when ut loses especially to a team like west virginia or something like that like it's it, it's just it was so delightful being in austin like i would walk around and ask everybody after i knew the score they'd be wearing orange shirts and be like hey did you <laughs> win and they'd sadly tell me no and i just laugh but uh it was interesting to watch kind of what happened this weekend because at one point it seemed like they weren't going to fire Herman and then they fire him and everyone's super happy and then they pretty immediately announce Sarkeesian and then everyone's like oh fuck <laughs> like it just kind of the bubble burst real quick so it was kind of that, that was that. I was kind of like uh Garrett to McCarthy almost right where it was like oh finally we're getting yeah. the oh my god and and then once again going back to Albert's point that that it's almost like a uh an arrogance that comes with football in Texas you know there's always rumors that uh Nick Saban might be interested in coming to the Cowboys or whatever fucking top coach Bill Belichick has been having problems for however many reasons and then you end up with McCarthy or in, in the case of Texas you end up with Sarkeesian oh man 
man. Well, shit. Well, Another season in the books. What's um, next? What's next sports wise for you, Fidel and Albert? The Mavs play in three hours, so I got Luca in my life. That also helped me let go of the Cowboys a lot easier. I have a young stud to be able to watch, so I'm I'm fully into basketball. What about you, Fidel? Yeah, I don't think I really have anything coming up. I mean, I, I feel like I always feel like the period after football is over, after the Super Bowl, there's sort of a lull, and this actually is true in terms of working at the sports desk after the Super Bowl things are kind of slowed down because basketball is not fully underway it's clearly already started but it hasn't really the season is still too early and it's still a ways away until spring training for baseball so it's kind of a, a lull I don't know so I don't Albert, really have much to look forward to sports wise I'm curious about this do you watch every Mavericks game or or let's say above 65 I yeah I have now in the last few years I yeah I mean for a few years there I was like Lucas first season I was paying for league pass and then I uh I've stumbled upon other means of watching the games <laughs> <laughs> I asked you that too to ask you this how does that differ from your football watching days of, of I don't know however many years ago when you watched a full season fully invested in the Cowboys is there I mean obviously it's a different sport there's different there's no concussions as often right they're they're not basketball players aren't taking years off of their life by playing basketball so is there a difference that you feel watching basketball as opposed uh, to football yeah well today actually one of the things that really got me because like I said I've been kind of casually watching the games to keep up with you but then you know, I was talking to you guys today I definitely like invested my time and I mean obviously this game was terrible it was just the two shitty teams going at it but man football's slow it takes forever to get going because I'm so used to watching just basketball games now and they're just they're just zipping you know they're going uh, and other than that, it's also just football, 16 games. It's, you know, every other game is a divisional rival and it, it just affects you so much more. And especially when so much can end, like, I mean, we've, you know, we've talked about how the Cowboys games have tended to end, you know, those Rodgers games and shit. It's just such a gut punch. If, you know, somebody hits a last second shot against the Mavs, I'm like, oh, that sucks. Who's on the schedule tomorrow? You're looking forward to other things. Uh, and then there's just so much more adjustments that they do in basketball. Where in football, like we're talking about Mike McCarthy, we're just like, yeah, he, he fuck that up again it's the same shit he fucks up every game and and even like i mentioned earlier like part of my falling out with football is just kind of semi-political whereas basketball does kind of the opposite of the politics of football so that's i i guess i appreciate that aspect of it you know it's funny you're absolutely right I, I, this and this this summer this past year was an example of sort of the politics of both sports right you had that playoff game in which the bucks basically decided not to play you know yeah. as, as a response to the george floyd moment and in contrast the NFL after basically vilifying Kaepernick and allowing soon to be ex-president Trump to hijack the issue and make it a, a whole you know battle of the culture wars you know only to have them change course at the beginning of a season and just be very like pro black lives matter in the least meaningful and substantive way possible it's it's really hard like like i said i think for me one of the challenges of being a football fan is watching the sport and knowing how evil it is across the board and i don't know do you have do you have that issue roberto in terms of sort of like i mean like we mentioned jerry jones is a terrible human being and yet yeah. here we are you know we started a podcast about the cowboys yeah definitely have those issues i definitely think about that often and i think i mean i don't know what this says about me but my other favorite sport is boxing so i mean talk about a sports that fuck you up so far as what they do to the participants and i just can't get into i just can't get into basketball or anything else i don't know it's just i don't know but yeah that's definitely one of the things and then since i write about boxing often that's that's one of the things that kind of makes you realize right that for every i mean when you go to these fights for every canelo fight that's making 35 million dollars in a night there's guys there getting paid 50 dollars 
dollars a fucking round to risk their lives. And yeah, man, that's definitely uh, caused me to 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 question what I'm doing, to to question what I'm writing, to you know things like that. So yeah, that's yeah, I think about that too. So Albert, as someone who's listened to our podcast, this is, so this is Roberto's and I's first real attempt at, at podcasting. And uh, as a listener, what feedback would you say would you have for us, you know, after, after, you know, let's make this into an impromptu performance review. What were the things that you liked about this podcast and what were the things that, you know, could have been better? First and foremost, you guys have shitty taste in team. You think you would have moved on by now, found a better football team. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, obviously that goes without saying. No, I mean, I I did like, I mean, you guys are both writers. You obviously have a good background on a lot of it. I, I definitely really enjoyed the Tony Romo podcast because it was definitely, you know, somebody had to say the things that were said. <laughs> and obviously, I, I don't I don't know. This is just a bigger question. Like, you know, we probably all applies to us. Like, would we have liked Tony Romo as much if he was a white guy or a black guy? If he was just the exact same quarterback? I, there's definitely like a, a Latino thing that we kind of all glom to. But no, other than that, the podcast, yeah. Like, I, I like your your details. I like how you dig deep. It's, it's good to have a, a better background. And then obviously, you guys would just stray away and start talking about other stuff. And that that's always interesting to me. So well, nothing. The, change nothing is what I'm hearing. Perfect. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it just dawned on me. I'm like, oh, we might not do this again for a while. It's been a really interesting and fun journey. It's been, we've had some laughs. We've had a lot of prize and for me it's been really interesting in experience and in, in putting together a podcast which is a lot tougher than i thought it would be i mean just editing is such a motherfucker uh, but yeah no this has been a very rewarding experience i definitely feel like obviously it's 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 easy to feel reflective at the end of something right and, and like now that the season's over i sort of realize how much having this podcast helped me just a endure the season and and b also sort of kind of like have something to look forward to in what has been one of the craziest years in my life so you know thank you Roberto for for joining me in this journey and Albert thank you so much for listening and you know being part of this weird experiment and just sort of uh, exercise and managing expectations and not letting things that are out of the realm of your control affect you too much it's been fun yeah it's definitely been fun and uh, yeah man likewise thank you for uh, for doing this thank you Albert for, and everyone else for listening yeah thank so you again thanks thank you guys so much for everyone listening to this we really appreciate you joining us and you know interacting with us on twitter it really has been a highlight so uh hopefully we will talk to you guys soon oh and before i forget we always end this with a song roberto do you have a song in mind that that perfectly encapsulates this game or the season man i don't once again you never so, do it, it always gets me by surprise even though I, I should, I should well how about you albert since, albert since you are very well versed in music uh you do have good taste from what i've gleamed on, on twitter <laughs> What song would you say perfectly encapsulates this week's experience or or this entire season? Just pull it like that Benny Hill song. The... <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing that, that can fit that I can think of. Honestly, that is that is a perfect that is a perfect song for the season. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, just imagine while you hear it in the intro, go back since this is after, go back and just replay in your mind the guy sitting on the fucking football as everybody's scrambling for their season. What a Jesus. way to end the season! Thank you, everyone for listening and again this has been the puro pinche cowboys podcast that that's it for us you guys